This week on Death Metal Dicks, we're talking about Eileen Wernos, a florist serial killer who had a body count of seven, all via a twenty-two pistol used at Point Blank range. Eileen Wernos is one of the saddest stories ever told. I wanted to do this up top. So you remember as we go through it, she's a sociopath. Most of what we're going to do is based upon her word, which I got uh, through the documentaries, The Selling of a Serial Killer, the sequel of that, The Life and Death of a Serial Killer, and the book, Dear Dawn, which of course some fucking 80s party pig that she hung out with is named Dawn. Dawn, yeah. But that's what we're doing this week. Probably the most infamous female serial killer of all time right here. On death metal. Mine sucked. I'm I did too. sick as fuck, dude. Yeah, I've been hanging Dying. on to a cough too for a while. Yeah, you got sick. <coughs> and my kids got sick. Uh, let me say this about being sick. And uh, being broke at the same time. I, I can't afford to call into work, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I work in a restaurant, and this is the precise reason that I don't go out to eat. Because restaurants don't ever have fucking sick days for employees. So you got to think, anytime you go out to eat food somewhere, oh yeah, probably 25% of the staff has got some fucking fungus or diarrhea or virus or fecal problem that could contaminate anything you touch so you should not ever eat food in public just make it at your fucking house yeah it's a much safer practice well at least in the south because the weather changes so fucking much it's like <laughs> people are sick everywhere all the time yeah it's like 32 degrees but like i'm, I'm healthy yeah. i gotta i probably assume that i have a strong immune system yeah and I am fucked up. And I've been sick like four or five times this year. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, it is every time the weather shifts. My shit goes fucking haywire. I mean, haywire. Arkansas weather is weird. It's like it's 32 degrees right now. Tomorrow it could be 60 degrees. That's everywhere. Every, I fucking see you. Dude, you, nothing makes me want to cut a hole in my dick like a weather meme. Yeah. And it's always the same shit. Like, if you don't like the weather now, just wait 30 minutes and you got a new recipe. Yeah. That's what happens with fucking soup, too, you know? You don't like the way it tastes, so you just jack off in it, and then it got a different whole flavor profile. Yeah, this is a bean soup now. It's a cream of bean soup. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever ate cum before? No? Yeah, me either, dude. I just I figured that out of everyone you have. No, not that I could think of. Never once. No. Never, like, uh, I've been snowballed forcefully before. Like? Like, taken by... I'm going to take you by surprise and put your cum in your mouth. That happened to you? Yeah, it has. Ugh. I, it was a, uh, I don't really remember the essay. I was just so surprised and befouled. Nothing ruins. I a, spit it. <laughs> right back. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ruins a porn quicker than two people making out with a cum in their oh, mouth. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, man, speaking of, uh, that just made me think about being kissed against your will. Yeah. You remember that one time we were at some fucking country western bar in North Carolina and that girl tried to give me a smooch and I spit right in her open mouth? Yeah. Oh, my God. She loved it. Yeah, it was weird. It was <laughs> she, like, she was way like, more into it. it was she like, was that like. Was trying, I was trying to make you leave. It's like I sprayed mace and you just rubbed it in. Yeah, she was like a... <laughs> She kind of looked like a guy. <laughs> I don't even remember. All I remember <laughs> is that we were hammered. 
She was the guy leaning more nose. And what happened is that, I mean, we were fucked off, good and smooth. Yeah. And uh, just like hanging around, but like paying for drinks. Yeah. And I was not into it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but she was just around. And yeah. I think it came to that point where it's like a particular time of the night. You know what I'm saying? Where someone's got to make a move, and it's like, first of all, why are you around me? I haven't engaged you in a friendly way whatsoever until you, like, give me a drink. I'm like, you're a fucking terrible person, so I don't want to talk to you. I'm trying to talk to my friend, buddy, and you're in the way. And then she would come with a drink, and I'd be like, oh, hey, what's going on? Like, it was a new person. Yeah. It's like a fish in a tank, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what really happened, though, with that? So you went to the bathroom, and she was, she was trying to mac on me. Oh, yeah. And I wish you would have fucking taken Well, no, that man, because I didn't want that shit, and I was like, here's the thing, <laughs> man. My buddy Chris over there, he'll act like he don't want you, but you got to pursue it. Man, fuck you. <laughs> you're always sabotaging. I mean, this is 10 years ago, but you're always sabotaging my life. I like and that. And then, yeah, and then, but, you know, I'll take a drink. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, well, I had to, because like, I didn't want to do that shit. And then, yeah. like, she was giving me drinks. Oh, buying everybody. Yeah, Getting us all drinks, man. And then it yeah, was man, like, uh, man, somebody's got to do this. It ain't me tonight. Yeah, but for no reason. I mean, I was almost insulted. And then, see, everyone will laugh at that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if you're a man. But it's like, I didn't, you know what I mean? And I was just turned my head and she tried to do like the Zach Morris yeah. where you like turn, like I'm looking at something and then I turn back around and she tries to fucking slam a kiss in there. Oh. And, but her yeah. mouth was like open and close. And so I just cameled that shit. Yeah. Man, I got fucking pinned down one time. I was sleeping on a love seat hammered at this, it was like these two girls house in Texas. Yeah. And, uh. Is this the be a man, grab a tit story? Yeah, man. Oh, yes. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I was like 21. Yeah. I was a young man being wild. And there was a girl there that I was kind of into. But, man, her roommate loved me. And she was like 40. Yeah. And uh, I was like half asleep on this love seat. Had a blanket over me, man. My arms were on my side. And she mounted me. And I couldn't move my hands because of the blanket. Yeah. And her, you know, just tied me down, man. She and like then, uh, full metal jacketed you. Yeah, dude. Full metal snacking. Man, she tried to snag it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Man, she was like, she, and she had some big knocks, man, and she fucking busted those boys out. <laughs> it's a big knock life. Man, she dropped, bud. If she dropped them on my head, I would have knocked <laughs> the fuck out, man. What, what time are you, but, all right, so when you say big, are we talking double D? Bigger, dude. Are we talking double E? Yeah. They're, oh, Lord. They're, what do you estimate one tit weighed? I'm like 20 pounds. Yo. <laughs> man, you can, <laughs> if you cut them off and put a handle on them, you can straight do some kettlebell workouts with them. <laughs> That's a swettlebell, dude. <laughs> man. But she fucking, uh, she busted it, busted out one of those boys and fucking. <laughs> Just one? Well, she, she busted both of them out, but put one in my face and goes, be a man and grab a tit. And I was like, if I wanted it to, I couldn't because she got me pinned. And then she was like, <laughs> and she straight put her titty in my mouth. Oh my God. Man, I was freaked. I sucked him. Yeah. To get out. I had to get out <laughs> yeah, of there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, listen, you let me up. And I got the fuck in my car and left. Did you? Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you? Yeah, dude, I did. I had to, man. That's the only time I've ever been like, man, I got to get the fuck out of here. Man, I just had to turn the heat down because what's fun, also funny about this episode in particular, because we're talking about basically hitchhiking and drifting around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mark's out of town because he's got like a real job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, normally we would just record in the RV, but it's cool as fuck. We don't know how to turn the heat on in it, so we're just sitting in my wife's Land Rover. Yeah. Heated seats. I'm fucking hot. Yeah. You feeling the heat? 
Come on, everybody, do 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 that conga. Make your fucking dick rub harder and harder. Bump. Be a man, grab a chin. Man, let's just fucking crack into it, dude. I'm wilding out. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Eileen Warnos again. Um, there was a perception for a while that she was the first female serial killer of all time, which is a crock of shit. There's been many, many female serial killers before, many since. Uh, every time she comes up and someone, it's come up before this same way. But I think the the way she killed people is just different than the way that females in the media had been doing it before. And also, she's like the total package. If you wanted to present like a crazy woman to somebody, she's giving it to you. You know what yep. I'm saying? She's got the crazy eyes. Yep. The crazy teeth. Yep. Um, I sat, I read the book, Dear Dawn. I used to have it. I looked every fucking where for it. But it, I mean, it's been years ago that I got it. And uh, I couldn't find that shit. I went through, like, the main... I went through... I perused it again using the Amazon fucking link. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I also sat through both documentaries again. The documentaries are hilarious. First of all, up top, if you want to watch them, I highly suggest it because there's some, you know... Basically, and we'll get into this more in the second episode. It's a two-episode situation we're doing right now. Forgive me. I'm sick. If I'm coughing, blowing my nose... I feel like I sound like a Muppet right now. Yeah. Um, but, yo, if we, uh, in, in the second episode, we'll talk more about everything that was going on around her. But, you know, everyone really tried to profit off of what was going on. It was just a bunch of sharks swooped in. And it was just the, the way, like, the way the world worked in the early 90s. Um, people just tried to capitalize on whatever they could. And you had a documentarian come in, and then she had a fucking lawyer called Dr. Law. Hell yeah. And that dude was fucking wild as hell. And it's super funny. Like, if you don't, if you're thinking, if you're on the fence about checking it out, because it flows a lot different than what we're doing right now. What's fun about the documentary is that the documentarian is kind of trying to make a film about the exploitation of Eileen. Yeah. Meanwhile, exploiting Eileen. Yeah. Come on, Eileen. Oh, Suck give me that cream. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we'd go somewhere fucking similar. Mm. Oh, this woman has got crazy teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Eileen. She's got horse teeth, dude. Yeah, dude. That's what's terrifying about a motherfucking horse is Eileen War. I, look, you know how I hate horses? Why? But you know, you, oh, I I know, you know yeah, how yeah, I hate yeah, a horse. Know, yeah. Dude, I finally pieced it together is that she has this, they have the same teeth as Eileen Warnos. Exactly the same because they're fucking like. How they reach for shit. You know how if you're, when when you're like super fat, you'll wear clothes that don't reveal, like they cut, they're like make you look not as fat as you are. Yeah, you just wear athletic clothes. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm fat, but you don't know the extent of it because I'm covering it up. Yeah. If you got teeth like that, normally you'll do things to, to, to hide it, like keep your mouth closed a lot. Mm-hmm. Not Eileen. No. Them things are always showing, like a fucking, like a nice set of knives in your kitchen. Like, you know, if you have like a bunch of expensive knives, they don't just go in your drawer. You got like a block to display them or whatever. That's yeah. what she's always doing this teeth. But anyway, Dr. Law, the funniest shit in the entire documentary series is that fucking Dr. Law gets put on the stand in the second volume, the sequel, 
and uh, the life and death of a serial killer because they're trying to basically say, like, yo, she got a bum deal the first time. Like, let's look at the character of one of her lawyers. And he's trying to get paid by the documentarian. The funniest shit is that the the um, prosecutor, like, who's on I or the defense that's on Eileen's team is trying to, like, cross-examine this dude yeah. in her new trial in the second one. And he's like, so you smoked, like, seven joints on the way to represent Eileen and like the highest stakes court. Yep. And he's like, no, I, I would, I would didn't do that. And I wouldn't think that there's any proof of it. So the guy just fires up a scene from the first documentary. Yeah. Where this dude, he's got like an Afro and a beard. Oh, I know. Like, you're uh, about, yeah. He's just yeah. all frazzled and fucked off. And he's like, yeah, this is number seven. As he lights this fucking joint and he's listening to fucking Pink Floyd in the car. It's <laughs> like, take it away. The moments to make of a day. Just fucking fire this fucking hooter up. <laughs> it's a truly incredible oh, crap, moment man. in fucking cinematic oh. history. Looking like a motherfucker from the NC5 and shit. Yeah, no, dude, he looks like uh, that, you know. Uh, the art guy? You know the, yeah, yeah, that too. Bob Ross? Yeah, he looks like Bob, Slob Ross for sure. He's fat as fuck. <laughs> you know the Muppets, that guy, Dr. Teeth with the bands? He looks like that yeah, guy, man. dude. It's ridiculous. We got, uh, we'll, <laughs> Sorry, we'll co- we'll get into the story. The singer from Nazareth. Because it's, uh, <laughs> I know that's a reference that I don't even fucking comprehend. I mean, I know it's a band, but I don't know what the fuck they look oh, like. It's so, a ripping band. You know, uh, what I was trying to say up top, and my main point is that I, you know, as far as serial killers go, Eileen, so you'll probably feel the most empathetic towards ever. Yeah, because uh, she truly, it's not uncommon with serial killers had a fucked up life. And, uh, you know, we, we, me and Buddy always walk this line and, and try to directly explain to people that we're ignorant. We're not like the most culturally gender. What's the, what's the, we're not like the most gentle people by nature. No. You know, but we try yeah. to be uh, empathetic towards the way people feel about gender <laughs> and relation. You know what I mean? Just about like the... Well, the, the, everyday, the climate that we're in. Yeah, well, also, too, like, the everyday walk of human life. It's all <laughs> it's always fucking different, man. You don't, you can never really know what somebody's going through. Right. Uh, but, you know, the main thing is, is, like, just uh, sensitivity-wise, guard your ears. Because we're talking about a woman the entire time, which can get lost in the fold. Because at the end of the day, Eileen Warner is a terrible person. Yeah. But the circumstances that got her there... It's almost easy to make her a hero and dismiss what she actually did. Yeah. And it gets muddled with the documentaries and her words, too, because for the longest time, she she claims these murders are in self-defense. Yeah. She sticks by that. It's easy to believe they are. And then she goes back on that in the documentary, the second documentary, but the thing is, and you can hear her saying it in the documentary, that she wants to die. Yeah. She wants to get put to death as soon as possible. And she tells the documentarian, like, the this dude Nick, like, hey, I took it back because I have this trial coming up and I just want to be done with it. I want to die as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. <coughs> Sorry. It's sad because she's depressed. And she's also on this fucking Christianity tick. But, I mean, she's crazy as fuck. 
one. Yeah. Legit gone. Um, but she's on a Christianity take. I mean, she's fully convinced that when she dies, she's come, you know, she's going to heaven. She doesn't want to be on the earth anymore, which is like one of the more dangerous theologies of Christianity. Because suicide's a sin. Yeah. But it also, the entire time, tells you about how no matter what sin you commit, that Jesus will forgive you as long as you've accepted him into your heart. That's all that matters. I think the that's one of the unforgivable ones. In, in Catholicism, it is. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, that's, that's one of the uh, fucking seven deadly sins. Yeah. But in uh, Protestant religion... As long as you got Jesus in your heart, you can do whatever you want to. Okay. You know what I mean? And another thing before I really crop into it, just so I can get, get, like let you know forward up how I feel, uh, because it's, I think a lot of times it's going to seem like I'm on Eileen's side, uh, which it, it, I just don't want to seem like a shithead that's on the side of someone that did kill seven people. And you call her a serial killer because it's technically... Someone that's killed more than three people is a serial killer. Yeah. And someone that's done it in, in like, a consecutive motion is a serial killer. Uh, and, and those things are true when it comes to Eileen. However, I don't think when the murders were happening that she was thinking about it in the same way that I would think that, like, Richard Ramirez or even Jeffrey Dahmer, who was a pretty, like, abused, mentally depraved somewhat innocent person as well yeah would think about it um i don't think that she had a moment ever where (coughs) i mean i really think that eileen thought that she was defending herself Uh, i really think that eileen thought I, i really think she was so impulsive that after she killed someone and disposed of the body that it was over within her mind and that there it was an entirely new event in life when something similar happened if that makes sense to you well the thing that's so different about her is i think the amount of trauma she went through she she interprets it um you know i mean i'm i i i've seen some of the stuff and i don't know i mean i know a bunch about it but uh i think that i mean to me not being a a mental health professional just working in that field there's some things i think that (laughs) that she was diagnosed with, but I also think there were some things that she wasn't diagnosed with, but what's different about her than other serial killers is there wasn't sexually motivated. She wasn't getting turned on by it. Yes. You know, even though sex was involved yes. to a degree, but I don't yeah. think it was something that was getting her hot. You and know? it's also important to say that, uh, again, she's a sociopath. Yeah. 100%. So you have to take everything she says with a grain of salt, and she robbed everybody that she killed. Yeah. All seven people, all seven men, she robbed. Yeah. All right? So, uh, I I don't know why I'm over explaining this as opposed to most serial killers. Before we get into just the straight details, uh, I, I you know, I I'm just worried I'm going to come off as a shithead because a lot of times I'm on Eileen's team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so let's let's just get into it. Uh, okay. before, and also, let me announce: if you live in Little Rock or the surrounding area, it's not like our huge demographic at all, but it is where we live. Yeah. Uh, so our first kind of hometown show. We've got coming up Saturday, December 1st with a band Ether that just signed to Century Media Records. It's going to be at Vino's, which is a venue that I do a lot, uh, like a almost monthly comedy show at. Uh, legendary, as far as Little Rock goes, all the big punk and metal shows historically have been held there in our town. Yep. Are close to our town in Little Rock. We're pretty amped up. 
Be fun. Uh, if you're around the area, come out. How is it different than what we're doing now? It's live. We're energetic. We're wild boys. You've heard a live episode that we put out before, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, we've got a projector. Sweet. So we're going to have images. We're going to be covering a case that happened in Little Rock. I'm not going to give it away. Okay. It's going to be local. It's going to be fucking awesome. Sweet. So come out and party with the boys. Uh, I believe it's going to be around 7.30 p.m. Cool. This one will be going on. The doors are at 6. It's a festival that our friend Stan put on. Shout out to Stan. Terminal Nation. Yeah, my man. Yeah. Great band. Um, And also our friend ZT from Wake that uh, books the shows at Vino's. They got a festival. It's a Friday and Saturday night situation. It's going to be tight. We'll probably be hanging out both nights, I assume. Yeah. And then uh, definitely blowing it out Saturday night. So come out to that. If you're around, and uh, we fucking look forward to, it. we want to see you. We want to shake your hand. We want to talk about murder. We want to watch metal. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gonna be sweet. All right, here we go with Eileen Wernos. She was born February 29th, 1966, in Troy, Michigan. Eileen had a learning disability, leaning more towards speech, verbal communication. She was average. Uh, as far as her mental comprehension goes, and again, this is in the 60s. Yeah. It's not as, like, I got two kids, as you guys know, and they do, like, this this testing every year, or, like, I think twice a year, like, beginning of the year and end of the year, and it's, like, engineered to see how much they actually know and can apply, and so they'll do, like, reading and math and all this shit, with questions that are like multiple choice, but they lead you down a path. Yeah. It's like a trick to see where your brain's at and they report the results to you and they say like, you are on par with what a normal first grader is or you're way above that or you're way under that, you know? And I don't, I'm sure that the technology was not even close to the same in the sixties. However, I'm sure it came from something like that to say she was on par with everyone else mentally, <coughs> but verbally, she was way behind people her age, uh, which you'll, you know, everything that adds up to where she ended up at will make a lot of sense, even in her childhood. Now, she never met her father, like me and Buddy both. His dad was named Leo Dale Pittman. He was raised by his grandparents. His grandma was his only living relative. And by all accounts, he beat the shit out of her all the time, even as an adult not living with her. He married Eileen's mom, Diane Warnos, when he was 20 and she was 14. It was a bad sign for, you know what I mean? Wait a minute. So she, his mom married her grandpa? No, 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 no. Her father is Leo Dale Pittman. Okay. Leo Dale Pittman was raised by his grandparents. Okay. He, as an adult, beat... His grandma. Oh, okay. Uh, <coughs> he married Eileen's mom, Diane Warnos, when she was 14 and he was 20. Not related. Married her. He used to torture animals. Any type of animal he could get his hands on. Uh, one shitty thing that was noted in the book Dear Dawn that he would do is he tied <laughs> the tails of cats together yeah. and threw them over the shit. Like line, like laundry lines, you know what I'm saying? So That's what Richard Kuklinski used to fight do. it out. Yeah, it's a weird that dude. Uh, 
Richard Kuklinski used to do that, and um, just to watch them tear each other up. Yeah, yeah, and the fucking uh, Green River. What can I? Arthur Shawcross, right? No, no, no. No, what's, that's, a, uh, no. what's the fuck is the Green River Killer's name? What the hell is wrong? Man, with the it? guy, it's a guy from Florida. I can't think of his name. Second right drug. Anyway, yeah, he did the same shit. Uh, <laughs> first of all, it's hard to believe because I don't know how the fuck you would tie two cats' tails together. Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine making a cat do anything? No, they ain't doing that shit. Nope, they going crazy. They gonna fuck you up. Fuck you up. So that's hard to believe, but apparently it happened. Uh, he was a real piece of shit all the way around. He ended up, again, Eileen never met him. By the time he impregnated Eileen's mom, he left. He was gone. He was yeah. out of there. Like my dad. But my dad never married my mom. My mom sucked. Like, like the, I don't blame my dad. Me either. <laughs> my mom's such a piece of shit, dude. I found out that, uh, I mean, I've talked about this show on the podcast a bunch of times. I don't want to beat a dead horse. But I, I just found out today that she's coming, you know, my grandparents have got, they raised me, we talked about, again, I've talked about it before, so it's just like we're having a conversation at this point, I don't feel weird about saying any of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, my grandma's got dementia, my grandpa's not exactly mentally there, <coughs> he's 89 and he's been taking care of her, so he's kind of yeah. wrapped up mentally too, so she like came a few months ago, which seemed weird, but she's coming back for Thanksgiving, she hasn't been around forever, and they, they don't like her. And I guess that they just have forgotten that they don't like her. Because, I mean, she beat me, dude. Beat me and just treated me like shit and abandoned me. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why the fuck, how she weaseled back in, but it happened somehow. You ought to kick her ass and cook her like a turkey. Oh, man, I would. Dude, that's a, that's this is the real problem. It's like, I don't want, I don't know if it's weird to be super personal on our podcast, but I don't want. My kids to meet her one because she's just like insane, dude. Yeah. She's not reliable. There's no way she changed. You know what I'm I saying? I get it. Yeah. There's no way she changed. And uh, even if I felt cool with them meeting her, like she sucks so bad. I don't think I could trust myself to not whoop her ass. Like if she just said something crazy, I would smack the shit out of her. And I know I would. So I just got to stay away from it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you're not going to Thanksgiving. No, not. No. What if they show up over here? She's going to get her ass kicked. <laughs> 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 She's going to catch that. We're going to run hands on her. <laughs> man, we, should, we should double punch your mom. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's the most white. Nothing is more white trash than smacking your fucking mom around on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, you know. Having again, a butt heavy in your hand when you empathizing do Empathizing with Eileen Warnos. I was beaten by this woman. Yeah. Like, I can't be around her. I'm I, trying to be a normal, good I adult. It. I fucking I'm trying to raise my kids. Speaking of raising my kids, too. I know I showed you, and I don't know how many of our listeners follow me online. I mean, not near as many as listen, not even a fucking fraction as many as listen. Some funny shit happened is that, uh, you know, I've been sick. Usually on the weekends, we'll go out and do a bunch of shit. Never stay home, because kids don't want to stay home. They no. do that all the time. And and they've my kids have been busy as shit lately. Like, Gracie does Girl Scouts and wrestling. Swain does wrestling. Like they they have that two nights a week. Gracie's got Girl Scouts once a week. We had to get her Girl Scout shit last week, and like she sold all these fucking candies for autumn sales or whatever. Like yeah, this bullshit. <clears throat> Drove that around. So we're busy as fuck. It's not like they don't have shit to do. But I was sick as fuck. I like I'm way as fucked as I am now. I'm way better than I was on Friday and Saturday. 
and Jackie's fucking leg is broken and shit. So we just kind of hung around the house this weekend. <coughs> and I, if you live somewhere where it's cold, Arkansas doesn't compare. But for us, it was cold as fuck this weekend. Yeah. So we didn't do anything. And, you know, they're fucking seven and nine. So they're fighting with each other and shit. They keep getting in trouble over, you know, Stupid just shit. getting into yeah. it with each other. And so my kid, uh, my son, seven, is like started keeping a journal, which is hilarious, of its own volition, all by himself. He's kind of copying my daughter because she was like, I'm going to write a book. She was like determined yeah. to write a book. I, I think something that came up in her school. They're both in like, she just got in gifted and talented. Yeah. And she's he's too young for that. Um, and so like the first thing that they're having him do is like work like her. She tests really high in writing and reading, like uh, creative writing and reading comprehension. So they're like try to f- fucking bring out her creative shit. And she's, uh, I'm sure it came from school, but she wants to write a book. And so he started writing as well in a journal. Like he took one of my fucking notebooks, which mm-hmm. like hopefully he didn't read any of. <laughs> and uh, cause it's just all like terrible jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That a, he, the child should not read. And uh, he started writing in it, and on Monday, we went to wrestling, and he told me, my two favorite things are writing and wrestling. Oh, yeah. And I was like, writing? He was like, yeah, writing. And I was like, well, that's cool, man. I mean, good for you. You know, like, you're into some shit at seven. That's tight. (laughs) And so, you know, the next day he goes to school, and I was telling Jackie, so she looks through his journal, and she turns to like the fourth page and it says, I fuck, you shit, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, man. I died, man. I saw that shit. And I, asked, I, like, I didn't want to get on to it. It's not that big of a deal because for one, I've always told them, like, I try my best to not use profanity. Yeah. I don't use it towards them, but dude, come on, fuck. I mean, I'm an idiot. Like, I'm saying the fuck, I'm saying fuck and ass yeah. and shit all the time. Uh, trying to keep it down, but it comes up. But we, we're just like we try to be cool parents. Just like, hey, listen, it's words, just words. They're just words. But yeah. however, in in public, around your grandparents, and at school, don't yeah do don't, it. You yeah. know, you're gonna get in trouble. Like I really don't want you to do it at home either. It's just if you have to slip up. So you know, he was like, I was just mad on Saturday. I was mad, and that's how I felt. And I was like, all right, man, it's, you can be mad. And uh, don't hold it in. You know, get your feelings out. That's fine. That's what the journal's for. Like, I feel you. I feel you. Don't say that shit. Yeah, just keep it to yourself at school yeah. or whatever. You know, don't get, me, don't get in trouble. So, fuck you shit. We went way offline, but yeah. So, I'm just saying her dad was a big piece of shit. <laughs> um, he bailed on her. Never met him. He didn't want to have a kid. And that's probably because he was into fucking kids. He was a pedophile. He was, a, like I said, a, as big a piece of shit as you can imagine. In so, fact, he's a sociopath. I mean, sociopath, pedophile, rapist. Uh, you know, when when someone gets caught in the act of doing some crazy shit, her dad's probably a Green River Killer. <laughs> you got to assume when they get caught doing crazy shit, they got caught that time. Yeah. They had to have done it a hundred times before. Especially as brazen as what he ends up getting arrested for. He got arrested for kidnapping a seven-year-old girl from school when he kidnapped her he put her in the trunk of his car drove across state lines raped her and then fucking the next day took her back to school like nothing happened like tried to drop her off in the morning what the fuck 
insanity. That's is nuts. what the fuck. So he has done some shit before. Yeah. Um, you know, she says she never met him, which would be like, you know how <coughs> if you have something traumatic happen to you before you can remember things, yeah. you're going to block it out is yeah. what a normal th- reaction to that is. So quite possibly he sexually abused her and she just never remembers. And to her, she never met him, you know? Yeah. Uh, again, that, 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 that's a very possible circumstance. There's no confirmation that that happened. It's just something that I could imagine happening. It's definitely a big possibility. Uh, he got convicted of that and hung himself in prison right away. As soon as he got a moment to hang himself, he did. Gone. Mm-hmm. And which is the world's better for it? <coughs> Diane, her mom, abandoned her. And she was the second child. Their first child was named Keith, who did meet his dad. Uh, <coughs> and again, and these kids are like me and Buddy. You know, I told you before, when I was four, Eileen was four when she got dropped off to live with her grandparents. Well, similar for me, well, my grandparents said they'd come rescue me from being left alone in a fucking apartment for three days while my oh, mom yeah. went into another state to do cocaine with a young boy. Yeah. And, uh... My grandpa saw me drinking ranch dressing <laughs> in the back of an Oldsmobile because that's where I was living at when I was a newborn. So yeah. they're like, yeah, let's just go ahead and get it. <laughs> yeah, there. ranch is probably not the most nutritious type of Similac for this child. It's got salt in it. <laughs> <laughs> you get your electrolytes there. Uh, so she was officially adopted March 18, 1960 by Lori and Britt Warnos. Britta Warnos, sorry. Both of her grandparents were alcoholics. And they had young kids of their own. In other words, they took her in and Keith in and adopted them like they were their children, but also had children around their age. So they were raised with their aunts and uncles as though their aunts and uncles were their sisters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Their other kids were treated well. Keith wasn't treated so bad. Eileen, for whatever reason, got the shit into the stick, was treated terrible. Her grandpa would beat her, <coughs> beat her so severely that she would get huge welts. I mean, like weird shit with leather belts all over her body. Uh, and in the 60s and 70s, like spanking your kid with a belt, getting a switch, smacking your kid around. That was regular. That's regular shit. Like 50s to 70s. I mean, and older than that. But most of our parents... And especially grandparents got the shit kicked out of them by their parents. That was regular life. Yeah. Uh, we realized that that does not help. No. That doesn't bring out the best in people. So we've evolved from that. But I'm when I say she got beat in the 70s, that, that's letting you know it's extreme. Yeah. She didn't just get spanked. Well, it's just her. It, it's, a, it's a recipe for... Uh, and we talk about I, we. It seems like we bring up borderline personality disorder a lot, but I, I would I would assume eventually she was diagnosed with it because that's kind of the trauma you go through. She actually um, wasn't. I think she was, man. Yeah, just sociopath. And now, because sociopath, it it uh, has several different uh, mental health. But <laughs> to say she also never uh, tried to plea insanity. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I I would almost. Garrett, I'm 90% sure she's probably bipolar, or not bipolar, uh, borderline. Yeah. I mean, I get where you're coming from. 
Because, uh, I mean, the way she killed people sounds like a... Seems like a type of thing, you know. It's just like freak out in the middle of a traumatic experience, you know. Yeah. This man's trying to hurt me like my grandpa did. Right. You know, it's a... But this is the only way I know how to make money, so I'm just going to... You know, I'm sure we're going to get in more into it, but I, I can... I'll, We'll we'll look it up later, but I'm sure yeah BPD was definitely a big thing, which doesn't mean you're crazy. It's just how you uh, right interact with trauma in your life. Right, yeah. I mean, you, something terrible happens to you, so you make another part of yourself to be different than the person that that happened to. Yeah. Um. Again, they're both alcoholics. When she, her grandma drank so much, I mean, she would just ignore it. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at. They're, they're both drinking all the time, 24-7, getting hammered. And the easy thing for her grandma to do is to just stay drunk and ignore the problem. You know, she wants to keep having a nice, cool buzz. Yeah. So if she gets involved, it's going to fuck it up for her. She stays out of it, which is as bad almost as doing it. Yeah. And her grandpa, Eileen, says that he sexually assaulted her. Um, and that's the only corroboration. So, again, you have to take it with a grain of salt, but I 100% believe it. I mean, to beat her, <coughs> he made her strip all the way nude, which is hmm. a tactic that she would deploy herself later. Uh, but, yeah, he would make her strip and beat her. It's, like, as close to concrete evidence that he, f- like, sexually molested her, too. But I 100%, 1,000% believe that he molested her. I mean... Why wouldn't he? He's a shit bag. Uh, one time she found a stray cat. Yeah. Buddied up to it, was feeding it, wanted to bring it inside. Instead of just like keeping it as an outside cat or saying no, a simple no. You know, part of Billy Madison where uh, he goes on that rambling story about the lost dog in that contest at the end. Yeah. And the dude that's the host of the game show that they're playing at the end to see if Billy can be successful as a school, whatever, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, the, the game show scene. He has this long, drawn-out answer, and the host is like... The academic decathlon. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no. And as far beyond wrong as you could possibly be. And in fact, we are all stupider for having listened to that response. And he just goes, a simple wrong would have worked. Yeah. That would have, a simple no would have worked here, but her grandpa made Eileen come outside to watch him drown the cat. Is this her dad's parents? Or it's her mom's parents, the okay. Wernoses. Well, yeah, yeah, then that, I mean, like even, as we're talking about trauma here, we always talk about uh, unhealthy relationships a lot of times where uh, what happens is if somebody who grew up in an unhealth, unhealthy household had a bad relationship with either their mother or their father, usually they will, they try to work it out by dating people that are similar to the opposite sex that yeah. reminds them of that person that was fucked up in their family. Right. And so uh, he kills an animal from his grandkid, probably did that to her when she was a kid. And then so she marries, or she gets with Eileen's father, who is a uh, crazy sociopath who likes to tie cats up and watch them get fucked Yeah, up. like her dad, sure. Yeah, so I mean... Weird, man. Very weird. Very, I mean, you say weird, but it's actually almost more normal. I guess, man. I mean, I'm just, I mean, the DSM-5, I mean, this just kind of goes, it's, it's, you know, the symptomatic shit that's going on right here is like breaking it down. And so it's, 
it's like no wonder Eileen was a sociopath. There's two in her family, but then also, uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, one thing about sexual abuse that uh, is the ramifications of this and when people don't understand why anyone that's been a victim or no victims or understand the psychology of this gets so upset when they know that someone is a sex offender or has committed sexual abuse, it, it ruins your entire life because sexuality becomes an entirely different thing. It becomes a lifelong math equation. Yes. That and a, you were trying to solve. A it, lot of times, sex turns into like a currency. Yeah. Like, for example, here, her grandpa is her dad. He treats her like absolute shit, but, but probably unless they're having sex. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I think that that's a that's a thing that sits on borderline personality mm-hmm. disorder. Um, yeah, I get it. You you don't love me. That a lot of times with, and and if you have that, I'm if you have borderline personality disorder, just please understand I'm sympathetic towards it. I have no no qualms about it. Oh, I it feel, doesn't say like you're saying anything bad about yeah, it. You're no, just no, explaining no. what the I'm, circumstances I'm ex- are. I'm just explaining like a lot of ways, man. It's um it's a push pull effect. Yeah. So it's like a lot of times they will push you away from a situation because they want. They want they want you to care about them, so they feel like if they could sabotage you or sabotage the situation, that you're going to come back and be like, "I'm so sorry," or um, if you give them the love that they want, they're kind of like cats, man. It's like, yeah, come on, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it in a bad way. Like yeah. a cat only wants to be loved at certain moments, you know. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? But it's right. like, uh, it's a, it, but then sometimes they just want to be alone, you know. Yeah, and it's uh. Because cats are probably just thinking about some shit, you know. Maybe you're thinking about some shit. And you're just trying to work through it, and you don't want anybody around. But yeah. then you, then all of a sudden, you're like, "Man, I really might need some affection. I need that because we all need that as human beings." But it's hard to do whenever it's an unhealthy uh, boundary with a parent or an unhealthy boundary with like a loved one that just like abused you in any way. So that's uh, profound from you, buddy. Yeah, I studied this shit, man. All right, man, you studied. Yeah, you read something. I studied the test, <laughs> but hey, uh, all the time. I'm saying that to say that she had sex with her brother Keith. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you want to say yuck, gross, ew, but we're looking at circumstances here. Was were they close? I feel like this is. What she was trying to do probably is draw him more close, and I feel like he uh, saw some sort of normality in it, because I would think in a very small house, they didn't have money, you know, they got four or five kids, plus Eileen and Keith, he probably was very aware that his grandfather was having sex with his sister. How old was they when this happened? I uh, lead around this time was about eleven, yeah. And Keith would have been thirteen. So sex, sex is not, especially in that, in that time period, it's not a normal thing. The only t- like a lot of times, uh, especially with BPD, um, kids will have sex earlier on. Yeah, especially they've been abused at a young age. They try to like, well, this is how I understand what love is. And love is this. And if I'm doing this, this means they care about me. Other times they're just beating the shit out of me or they hate me or whatever. So if they're having sex with me, then that means they love me because they told me that. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, exactly the, the case I was trying to make because it sounds fucked up. 
but in this particular situation, I think it was almost normal. Um, she also, out of everyone else, including Keith, she was the only person in the house. They didn't give her Christmas gifts. They didn't give her birthday gifts, but everyone else got them. So she would watch everyone with her eyes be treated like this and her be skipped out on. Yeah. Uh, incredibly fucked. Uh, she, again, at the, about at the age of 11, was when I was assuming this happened, started trading sex for cigarettes, food, drugs, anything she needed. If she could find, if she could use sex to get it, that was the easiest way for her to get a hold of it. Yeah. Uh, fucked up, but you're going to love it. The neighborhood kids started calling her cigarette pig. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fucked, but I knew you would start laughing right away. Uh, all the neighborhood boys treated her terrible. Supposedly, most of the fucking boys in her school lost their virginity to Eileen Wernos. Right on. And when they... Tra- <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> when they would... Uh, when it would happen, you know, she would try to publicly display her affection to them, mm-hmm. and they would treat her like fucking garbage. And this would be a pattern that continued on. Supposedly... You know, she would have sex with, uh, like, at one time she had sex with six guys in a row that was accounted around 11, 12 years old by members of her school that she went to school with. Wow. By Dawn. Dawn, who she was in, you know, Dear Dawn, is somebody that she grew up with. A, a lady, I mean, a girl <coughs> at the time. Man, let me uh, let me see your phone real quick. I want to see if, if I can Google her personality story because it sounds like BPD, man. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're not going to do it in the middle of this. Okay. Well, you can crack me up with another one of them beers. I'm going to regret this. Yeah, you I are. Just, uh, These are 10.2. Well, it's mostly that I'm sick, dude, but it's going to help me sleep, so whatever. Did I lose it? No. I gave you the bottle. Anyway, um, yeah, so <laughs> all this, too, is that her grandpa, I mean, a lot of things, a lot of... Like, I don't want to spend the whole episode bumming you guys up on, like, molestation and sexual abuse talk. I know this shit's hard to listen to. And, uh, you know, it happened to me. It happened to Buddy. It happened to goddamn near everybody at this point in time. But one thing that can happen is that over time, someone that's a serial abuser, like, they know that they can't just come in and molest you and walk out. Because you'll say something. So what they do is they have ways to groom you into it. Yeah. And when that happens, when somebody grooms you to have sex with them and kind of keep it to yourself and make it a normal thing, that imprints on you. So, again, this shit has become like a currency to her. So when she's having all these sex and trying to get favors, again, sounds terrible, but it's very normal to her. Um, She gets pregnant when she's 14, very young age. Uh, My mom got pregnant with me when she was 15. Was it yours around the same age? 17. She's 17. 17, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, teenage pregnancy type of shit. What's super shitty is that she was having sex with people, but they're pretty sure that she got pregnant by a pedophile that was known pedophile. Like, everyone knew that he was a creepy fucking guy that molested kids. And to, again, show the character of her grandfather, her grandfather was friends with this guy. They called him Chief. Just a neighborhood shitbag, and that is most likely who got her pregnant when she was 14. Uh, they sent her off to this place called the Florence Critton Home for Unwed Mothers. And uh, from what she says, they're pretty fucking nice to her there, which is something she's not used to. Yeah. So she probably enjoyed the time there. I doubt it. But it got fucked up when she had the kid 
because they didn't exactly explain how things work. She knew she was going to give her child up for adoption, but what's stupid? <coughs> I'm sorry about all the coughing and sick noises we're making. Yeah, that uh, sucks. What's stupid is that on their part, as far as giving up a child for adoption, they didn't explain the process right because she had the kid. She named him Keith after her brother, whom she fucked. And she was only allowed to see the kid for a short minute. And she went on and on about how she just wanted to hold the kid. Yeah. She knew she was going to give it up, but she just wanted to hold it. That's it. They wouldn't let her. Took the kid away. That's got to be traumatic as fuck on top of everything else. I mean, I can't imagine, like, knowing it's not going to be your child. You made peace with that. You're okay with it. You understand that you're in no place to be a mother um, because you've been in this home and they've explained to you over and over again, like, yo, it's not for you, but we'll help you get through it. Okay, you get it. But let let her hold the kid for, uh, like, yeah. you know, 20 minutes. It's fine. Well, and it's another example of push-pull. And also, this is the 70s. Yeah. It's, a, it's like I said, another another instance of push the push-pull effect of, man, we really care about you, this, that, and then yeah. some shitty happens. Yes. And then... It's another traumatic thing on the brain, and uh, I I don't feel like I feel like uh, maybe there was some some semblance of <laughs> of a person that can make clear and concise decisions in a short period of time. But as we I mean as we go on, I mean there's some other things that is it doesn't show that anymore where she's just completely fucking insane. Yeah. So I don't. know. Yeah, man. she breaks off, and wait again, you're. Uh, borderline personality disorder makes sense. Yeah. Because you break away from this part of yourself because it sucks. This is supposed to be a happy moment in my life. And right. And uh, it's not. Everything up to this was happy, and then now this is the worst moment. And then even worse is that once she has the kid, she's not allowed to be there anymore. She has to go back home where she wasn't allowed to return. With no other family, she ended up living in the woods but just at the end of her street, this is in Michigan, so it's cold as fuck. She's out there. She built a fort. She's living in the woods. Michigan winter. Uh, you know, as much as Kid Rock talks about the Michigan summertime, you got to imagine it's cold as fuck, but she's out there surviving. She's out there surviving, uh, being strong, living in the wintertime. At the end of her fucking street, though, like her grandparents' house is right there. Yeah. So she's got to be seeing them. <laughs> Uh, you know, I can't imagine, and and she's not just like living out Ted Kaczynski style either. No, she's at the end of a fucking neighbor, like a a cul-de-sac at the end of the street in the woods, just hanging out, build a fort. Luckily, she had a gay friend who lived out there because his parents kicked him out because it's not exactly an understanding time. Yeah, in American history, especially not in fucking. Well, it still is like that. Yeah, most of the homeless kids I deal with are gay, and their parents send them out. Yeah, and um, we live in Arkansas. Yeah. Math's yeah, out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but the thing, it's the other thing. It's, 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 there's just a constant cycle of, of, uh, here's supposed to be a good thing. Here's this man that has sex with me. And when he has sex with me, it's the only time he's not beating the shit out of me. Here's this house down the street where I live on the same street and I can see it. It's warm inside and, and I could be in there eating. But everybody else is above me, and I'm not worth it. But I can see where they are, and and uh, it's just a constant like, <coughs> you could have this, but you can't. And there's some happy moments, but you're not going to get to experience any of them. 
So you're just yeah. miserable as fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like I said, this shit is sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Her life fucked is up. fucked up, man. Uh, I feel terrible for Eileen. <coughs> I hate how this thing fucking goes. Uh, so, living in the woods. And what's crazy about Eileen, she tried to keep going to school as long as she could. Uh, she she lasts around a fucking, like, four months. She had, like, summer break, went back to school. About four months into school, she ended up quitting because she got caught smoking weed by the principal. Yeah. And then rather than go and be confronted and deal with the ramifications, she just told the principal, fuck you, I quit. Uh, at, at that point, she's so used to trading sexual favors, she'll trade them for anything. Yeah. A place to sleep, that probably works out two to three nights a week. Otherwise, she has to sleep in the woods. And she's still got friends. She's still hanging out with the high school kids. She's still partying all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to think that when you, I mean, I wasn't like that at this age, but that's because I was a shithead. Yeah. I was in the hardcore, being straight edge and like the opposite of this. Yeah. But a lot of the kids in my school just fucking hung out all the time, partied, drank, smoked weed. Yeah. Had a great time. Not me. Yeah. Too busy being mad at the world. Yeah. Out of step. Damn. <laughs> uh, so she was partying, hanging out with everybody. And then around the time that she had just gotten kicked out of school, her grandma died <laughs> from cirrhosis of the liver. Surprise, alcoholic. That's what you die from. Yeah. Your fucking liver gets plaque on it. Yep. Remember that Crest commercial? Yeah. Where that fucking plaque monster comes and wrecks your teeth if yep. you don't brush it away? You can't brush your liver. You keep pouring liquor on it, and it gets all plaqued up and fucks off. You yep. die because you can't clean toxins out of your body anymore. So Eileen goes to the funeral. First thing she does when she gets there is change the signs of the men's and women's bathroom. It's pretty forward thinking. She's making it fluid. Making it flow for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Having a good time. That's borderline personality. Doing a little prank. (laughs) Doing a little silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she walks into the chapel. Goes to her grandma's open casket, lights up a cigarette, takes a big rip from that boy and blows it right in her grandma's face. She's manic. Yeah. Yeah. But that's hilarious. That's some shit my mom would have done. Hola- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, your mom did wig out at your grandpa's funeral. Oh, man. She showed it. I just walked the fuck out, dude. I was right behind her. Man. I just walked out. I just like, so- the, like the door to the outside was right there. And she was like, no. And I just was like, oh, shit. They just walked the oh, fuck man. out. Man. Yeah, dude. I was like, well, that's what happened to me. But I went out the other door. <laughs> I went out front to talk to people. And I was like, man, yeah. I was like, I want to talk to nobody. But uh, no. And I know my aunt was in there like, somebody please come save me. And I was like, man, I can't. I can't. can't I'm, sorry. I <laughs> I'm sorry about this shit. Yeah, so they physically removed her from the funeral, which seems shitty. I mean, obviously. She's grieving in her own way. She has got a great reason to be mad at her grandma. She know that she's being abused. Probably knows that she's being sexually abused. And is just so concerned with getting fucking drunk that she lets it all happen. Well, I think, too, man, she's she's probably grieving because it was like it was a person that didn't abuse her, even though technically she really did by not stopping it. Yeah. Um and I think that there was some kind of guilt there that was like uh, the fact that grandma didn't stop it, but wasn't. So it was, it's another push right. pulls yeah, type of thing. 
So she was like, well, she didn't do anything to me, but then she didn't stop it either. So she might've been kind of mad at her. So hence what she'd be smoking and drinking and doing all that shit in the funeral. And then acts out the way she does. And they have to remove her. So then they remove her from her own grandma's funeral. Another, another, I hate bringing up the push pull effect, but it's another cycle of that. Yeah. <coughs> so it's just fucked. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Beyond. Soon after her grandma dies, you know how it's like old people? Yeah. When they say one of them goes, the other one's going to go soon after? Yeah. Well, just to make sure that that happened, I guess, her grandpa went and sat in the garage, started the car, let it run until he died at the old carbon monoxide garage trick. Oh, he sat in the car? Yeah. Right on. Yeah, that old one. Yeah. That's got to be an easy way to go out. Man, uh, yeah. yeah. Peaceful? Probably. I mean, you get, you get whipped. Well, I know, like, they had to make carbon monoxide detectors because if that shit leaks into your house from whatever, like your heater, whatever the fuck makes oh, that yeah. happen, well, I, you don't ever notice. You just I, fall, you just peacefully go away in your sleep. I have a personal fucking experience with that where I didn't, I wouldn't try to kill myself or nothing, but. Were you not? No, no, I really <laughs> wouldn't. It was, like, it was like after my grandma died. Have you heard of that before? What? Carbon monoxide myself? No, trying to kill yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I fucking uh, my my grandparents like when my grandma died, they weren't they were in a nursing home. We were trying to sell their house, and so when she died, I still had I had their van that had the fucking like uh, the garage door opener on it. And so what I would do is just go get in my car, go buy some beers, and go drink in the garage. With the garage door shut, and then I would <laughs> and because I was grieving, I wouldn't try to kill myself. But then I was like, you man, sure. I'm, yeah, I was like, man, I'm getting fucked up. <laughs> so I like opened up the the garage the garage door, back down, and rolled the window down, and I felt like instantly like way better. But I was like, man, I could have gone right then and there, you know, just like oh, you could have, man. You but definitely they had those could've. alarms in there, those like uh, the sensors that like alert people yeah. and shit. And so <laughs> luckily I knew how to turn it off. Oh! But I was like, oh fuck, man, I didn't know that was like that a, alarm got you out. I was like, man, I was about to get fucking pulled into the universe. <laughs> he almost went to the abyss. Uh, yeah, man. So he took himself out, and yeah, man, that's what happens, dude. Probably rather than a sweet romantic ending, just conscious of being alone. Yeah, probably got a hold of him for molesting his goddamn granddaughter. Guy's yeah. a different piece of shit. Either way, you cut the cookie. Your conscience will fuck you up, yeah, man. Yeah, fuck him. I mean, dad hung himself for fucking... He fucked, a, he fucked kids, yeah. killed animals. I'm glad they all himself. died. They're terrible yeah, people. fuck that shit, man. This is some white trash fucking pageantry right here. Yeah. First trouble that she got in with the law is that she got a DUI and disorderly conduct for firing a twenty-two caliber pistol out of a car while driving drunk, which is a lot of fun. Man, this... Like, That's every, a good time. This is my mom, man. But that's fun. Yeah. 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 Your mom knows how to have fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hell, yeah. But I mean, dude, if you're drunk as hell and you're driving and you can just fire a few fucking rounds man, off, that's a good time, Let me brother. tell you something, man. <laughs> she definitely did that before with me in the car. Oh, my God. Yeah. But one time we were driving by Brady Mountain and she's like, you see that mountain right there? I was like, yeah. She said, you was conceived on that mountain. I was like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> Tell me that she was like, me and your dad were drinking. And then we thought, hey, man, <coughs> we turned on some some bad company. And oh. I was like, all right, well, we're done with this story. It's yeah, like, shut up. No wonder I hate that band. <laughs> no, shit. Right. You should hate that band. It's yeah. bad music. Yeah. Uh, yo, I got a fucking 70s band to talk about in one second. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a lot of fun. 
She got a failure to appear warrant because she never showed up to that trial. After that, she hitchhiked to fucking Florida. Let me tell you about Eileen Warnos in Florida. Again, this is according to Dear Dawn. Yeah. Yeah, Now, y'all got moms. And y'all's moms, if you're a similar age to us in your 30s, (laughs) they got party friends. And their party friends are probably named Sheila. Yeah. Claire. Ginger. Ginger. Dawn. Pam. Dawn, dude. Dawn's a party. Dawn, man. If your mom's Whether it's a, a man or a woman, yo, they're Dawn. D-A-W-N, Dawn. Like man, my, God, show, man, my fucking godfather's name is Dawn, and he's a the party mother. He's a party boy. He's hard. He's a party boy. That's a party name. But D-A-W-N is a lady Dawn. <coughs> but, yo, so one of the letters that Eileen writes to Dawn in this fucking book, she's telling her that she's hitchhiking when she first gets to Florida, right? Yeah. And it's a late night, and she sees a real fancy car come along, and it stops to pick her up, and she's surprised, and she gets in the car and guess who the fuck it is. Who is it? Lonesome Dave. You know who that is? Uh, The lead singer of Fog Hat, which is a real cool thing to call getting high. Man, I'm so glad that your car's (laughs) got a sunroof. I'm feeling fogged the fuck away. It's so funny to me when I read that. I mean, I had read that book before we were friends. That's some shit I read in high school. But you came up with the funniest shit one time. <laughs> we all got high as fuck. Yeah. And we're driving in my car to like Georgia no, or no, some no, shit. No, 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 we were, no. Uh, we were at your house, man, in right. Jacksonville. It was like when I first moved in. Yeah. And we was watching uh, Tim and Eric, and we was, and he fucking walked out in the hallway to go check, <laughs> go check out some shit. You come back, and you look at me, and I'm in the floor, and I go, "Hey, man, I'm fucking out of tip up my fog hat to you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Buddy basically like I don't know if you coined the term because Fog Hat is the name of the band. And if they came up with this, they're fucking geniuses. <laughs> but if you came up with it, you're a fucking genius. Like they may have just called their band Fog Hat, but Fog Hat is what happens when you smoke weed. <laughs> you put on your fucking fog hat, man. <laughs> you fucking, hey, man. It's you, so foggy when you smoke you weed, get dude. Fog the fuck Because <laughs> when I look at when I'm high as fuck, this is why I don't get high, because I got anxiety. And I, like, am trying to figure something out, and I'm trying to look at the problem. The problem's all covered in fog, man. I can't get yeah. to the solution, dude. I hate the motherfuckers that get up and smoke weed, and they go, man, I did a waking bag, man. I just called that a morning dew. <laughs> Man, you got a fucking fog hat on. <laughs> and the best part about this story that she's telling to her fucking friend Don about fucking the guy from Fog Hat is so she goes to his house. It's a mansion. And all the members of Fog Hat live there. And they have this wild party. And the dude wants to take her and fuck her. Which, you know, again, listen, she's a sociopath. Yeah. It lies a lot. Uh, I believe this, though. I feel like it's probably true. Definitely. Because it's hilarious. And she goes to bed with this guy to fuck him, which is like, if you're a multi-million dollar having rock star and you pick up a hitchhiker and take him back to fuck him. But the reason why she says it makes a lot of sense to me and also why he's called Lonesome Dave, because supposedly they can have sex because he's got a tiny dick. Damn. Hey, let's be fair, though, man. There, I saw some pictures of her. She was younger, but she was like in her 20s. She wasn't bad looking. She's not bad looking, but however pontificatingly 
She's got those teeth, man. I, I picked up. She's a, got a horse teeth, brother. I picked up a lady the other day working. She's old as fuck, though, but you could tell she was a street lady. Feels like the worst time, man. But feels like the very worst. I don't even think that's far. It yet, was, dude. but she was like sixty, man. But you could tell she just she smoked meth her whole life. Yeah. And I felt bad. It was raining outside and yeah. shit. So I was like, you know, I, I mean. Well, I'm, your job is to take care of the homeless. Yeah. So I, 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 You're picked, a homeless I picked her up and she was like, well, I'm still over at this hotel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't, don't do that. Man. Chris fucking wearing his. We're in a car. <laughs> Chris wearing his fucking shorts they're backwards. They're actually not backwards, dude. You said that and I had to check. They're not backwards. Yeah, they are, man. No, they're not. Well, okay. Well, they say and one on the back. <laughs> So yeah. I thought oh, I can wear Walmart shorts and all the logos right there, buddy. Oh, shit, I got Walmart everything. Yeah, I got a heart hoodie on. You got like a brand new pair of Levi's on, guy. Yeah, I got them at Walmart. You don't. You can't buy. I got these at Walmart today. No, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Man, are you an idiot? You want to run hands? What? Run hands. Like wash each other's hands. You want to get in a fight? Uh, so you can fucking lose on two occasions. Two? Yeah, man. When did I ever lose to you? You get slapped. And then also <laughs> you go to Walmart tonight and find out that these are at Walmart. With that late I thought I saw Levi's label. I could be wrong. And they're skinny. They got those at the mark now? Yeah, dude. They're stretchy. Man, Levi's has fallen. Yeah, they have, man. <laughs> I can do squats in these. But I, <laughs> I was telling let me tell you something, man. I was at the laundry. Let me tell you something. I was at the laundromat. I was wearing some fucking real baggy sweatpants. You know, them like real nasty. Waffle House sweats you wear. Waffle House sweats? You know, you come in late and you're like, man, I've been drinking at my house. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of cooking. I'm going to the waffle. Yeah. I was wearing those today and I was like, fuck, I got to have some other pants. I, had no, I don't like to wear pants. <coughs> yeah, so I went, pants, I went to Walmart. And I was like, I'm going to get me some of these jeans, man. I did. They're like 20. Well, I can't even afford Walmart jeans, to be real with you. It's like 23 bucks. Sure. You know, so I said, fuck it. And I put them fuck on. Fuck it, man. And uh, they're they're comfortable. I guess, but yeah, they got them there. You guess? Yeah. No, there. I ain't got no underwear. I don't feel great. <laughs> you got brand news with no draws? Yeah, man. I look. I share my pubes, or I have some cumbleberries. Man, come on! <laughs> don't like be a, in my wife's car. <laughs> it's like a shave pubes and no drawers. It's like a dingleberry man. But uh, man, but when them the old dingle when the cumbleberries get in your gooch chair, <laughs> and you take your pants off, man, <laughs> hey, you look like you got a caprese salad. You fucking- <laughs> oh my god! Stop! Quit! Stop! We're losing listeners by this fucking half second, guy. Uh, I'll get back to it then. I'm trying. Uh, so yeah, she the <laughs> fog that guy. Fun aside, uh, so when she gets to Florida, she meets this guy who owns a fucking. Well, first of all, he's 69. She's twenty one. Hell yeah, sixty nine. Yeah, what do you you know you're fucking. That's the age to be at, man. man. Every time in between sixty nine, you got like between uh, forty two and well maybe fifty, your dick is dead all the way to sixty sixty nine. I come back. <laughs> <laughs> My dick died when I was forty five, but it came back when I was sixty nine because I was eating box and getting sucked where I put my socks. <laughs> so Ew. he meets this this dude that's sixty nine. She's twenty one. His name is Lewis Gratzfell. They get fucking married. Uh, he's he owns a coal mine and is the president of a fucking yacht club, which is a weird thing to be president of. Yeah, the guy was so stoked about meeting her that he took an ad out in the paper to announce their engagement. 
Turns out, of course, that Eileen was not cut out to party with the rich. She started getting in fights at all the fucking places they frequented. Fucking A. She's fucking crazy, man. You can't take her to a fucking yacht party oh, yeah. with liquor and expect her to talk to fucking Michael Neiman IV about yachting. Ain't nothing like She's going to wild out with a bowl cut and smack him in the fucking mouth, you know what I mean? Ain't nothing like a borderline personality disorder psychopath on drugs. <laughs> Ain't nothing like somebody that shits their shorts in their <laughs> wife's car. <laughs> uh, you fucking mic it. You fucking mic that. You mic I don't know check. if you can hear farts or not, man. You can. I haven't ever listened to an episode so far where I farted into a microphone to find out. <laughs> well, those are kind of like the virgin diarrhea farts. They're, <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, there's well, a I'm little. I'm sick, man. I'm sick. I'm sick. Oh, yeah. <coughs> so, one thing that pissed her off about this guy that she married, who's 69 <laughs> and she's 21, he only gave her 30 bucks a day, which is, fu- I mean, that's a lot of money. One. Yeah. If you're not doing shit. In 19, what? 70 something motherfucker yeah, 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 yeah. uh probably uh 1974 is when it was yes 25 cents a gallon yeah i mean that's a good living but like stoves is like she needs money to get fucked up and have a good time so he won't give it to her and she ends up whooping his ass with his own walking cane that's cool well he deserves it he's a 69 year old man if you marry someone's 21 you're that type of weird pervert you get your ass whooped every once in a while just oh. deal with it she That's working, the price you pay. She's really just working some shit out with her grandpa. Yeah, probably so. You're old. I got to beat your ass. Uh, so they break up. They She ends up going back to Michigan after he had the marriage annulled and hit her with a restraining order. They were only married. They only were even around each other for nine weeks. That's wedded bliss. Which fucking <laughs> being old sucks. Yeah. When you're 69 and you're still getting boners and you just want to come. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, and then you just pick up the old fucking cigarette pig, and then you got your goddamn party. Yeah, just cut your fucking gear off now. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're getting, if you're like 40 and you're listening, and you're still getting boners and enjoying it, just go ahead and chop it off. Because so, it ain't getting no better. I bet she loved the Marlboro Light. Why do you say that? My mom liked them. <laughs> hey, man, one time... She straight up collected like they they used to do this shit. She back the in miles, the, yeah, the miles, man. And fucking, I remember one time she she used to make me watch Oprah, like when I go Ugh. see her, like I had to watch it, you know. Ugh. And she goes, "I got you something," and I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck, dude? I had these ripping ass fucking Marlboro red fucking sleeping bags, you know, for homeless camps whenever I needed to be wherever I needed to be at." What are you doing? Nothing, man. Don't worry about me. I'm worried about you. <laughs> I'm listening, baby. Yeah, I know. Some fun Marlboro Reds, man. <laughs> I was like a packed old cigarette. I need to get some Marlboro Head. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> you just go down here, down to old fucking the Frontier Bar, man. <laughs> Where your mom's at, dude. Yeah, man. She out you the back. your mom would suck my dick right now? Dude. <laughs> she hate you. Yeah. So she would. She should hate me. Yeah, because you fucking stole some shit from her. <laughs> I talk back through the to her. fax machine. Yeah, <laughs> that was the funniest shit, man. That is the funniest shit. She was like, he downloaded some stuff out of my room into the fax machine and printed it off. I was like, what? Yeah. Also, in like 2014. Yeah. No, who, <laughs> a fax machine. She, I bet she saw a 2020 thing on the motherfucker that was making guns out of a 3D printer, and she was like, why well, they do that? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With my deer skulls. <laughs> my deer skulls and my weird lamps. My information? I got a lamp out of a dumpster. Chris took it by so, downloading it. <laughs> Crap, man. Once Eileen gets back to Michigan, she wastes no time getting back into the swing of things. She got arrested in Antrim County for disturbing the peace by way of throwing a cue ball at a bartender's face. Fucking A. Hell yeah. That was on the fucking 14th of July in 1976, which is close to the fucking bicentennial of our nation, motherfucker. Yeah. Yow! 7-17-1976, Keith, the brother that she fucked, died from esophageal cancer. She had been trying to keep Keith alive by way of bringing whiskey into the hospital to party. And they would not let her. And that's where a ranger will be. Well, well, well. What made you think of Walker, she dude? Because she fucking launched a fucking cue ball. <laughs> I don't know. Walker, Texas Ranger, and I kicked out. He's like, she, she did what? <laughs> He's like, I'll take her into custody. And then she, they had the karate fight. She, I bet she's like, like new karate. Never did it, but yeah, she knew yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like I know she's got the, yeah, because you're fucking a molested psychopath that's got the karate. I got karate. She's man. a molested psychopath that's got the I karate, too. <laughs> karate some shit. The good thing about, like, doing it, mixed martial arts and jujitsu and shit and, like, having actual fights. Yeah. Is that, like, you know how to fight so well. That you could do some fake shit. You could literally beat someone up with karate. Because <laughs> yeah. they couldn't do anything else to you. You know what I mean? Like, 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 what, like what can you do? That's, you what, like, that's what I feel like the whole Leota Machida situation was. was yeah. Like, it's like, man, he really didn't do karate. Yeah, he was just so good he, at fighting. He just was like, you know what, fuck it, man. I'm going to karate people, dude. Yeah, so she's like bringing whiskey to the hospital to try to party and keep him alive, but the Woo! staff won't let her. She thinks that it's the staff's fault that he died because they won't let him party anymore. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's crazy my- is he had like, I don't know how he had money, but he left her $10,000, which in the 70s is like 1976. It's like fucking fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 today. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of money. Hey man, you know my my uh, mom thought the reason why my dad died was, Hey, my grandma Willis. No, I don't know. Oh, your grandpa? Yeah, grandpa and my grandma. Oh, because you know, oh, like sorry. whenever you get a what the fuck is that shit called? Uh, hospice. Yeah. So whenever they get involved to make their <laughs> like older people's deaths easier, they give them Xanax. Yeah. And she was like, as soon as they gave them that, that's when it was time to go. I was like, it was time to go way beforehand. It's like they just eased it on a little bit. Man, uh, I will say this, though, is that, you know, my grandma's got dementia yeah. real bad. <coughs> well, they gave her Xanax, like, probably like five years ago, yeah. six years ago. When's the time? All right, so check this shit out. <laughs> Remember our friend Jason Tuberville? Oh, man, yeah. Go ahead and look it up. 20,000 people. Uh, he... <laughs> I'm saying, like, people listen to the podcast, go ahead and type that into your computer because that's what's going to happen for sure. Yeah. Tell me sucks. Um, no, don't do that. He's cool. No, he's not. So, <laughs> anyway, all right. So, basically, what happened is my grandparents had, like, a, an apartment in Branson, Missouri, basically. Yeah. And I told him he could stay there, no problem, in exchange for some services. And he went. He didn't let him. He went. No, he went and stayed. And they're fucking, they, it was like a duplex, right? Like, they had yeah, one yeah. side that they rented out and one side that they kept. I've been there, yeah. They didn't tell the people on the other side of the duplex that he was supposed to stay. 
They called them in the middle of the night. They freaked out. The people next door called the cops because my grandparents can't remember a fucking thing because my grandma's got dementia. And he was there, and I was like, relax. My grandma's got dementia. They can't remember this shit. You know what I'm saying? They don't remember that I told me you're going to stay there. I'll fix it. And he got all mad and shit. <laughs> We're still not friends today because of that shit. Man, that's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. They exchanged some services. Like, like. No, nah, he was just my friend that I let him stay there, basically. You didn't let him, like, fuck somebody. <laughs> no, 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 no. He sucked your dick, and then nah, you were like, no, hey, fucking, man. No fucking happened. He just. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> oh, so Eileen gets arrested for DUI in August, which is a month after she he died, and she's got all this money, $10,000. She paid the $105 fine that it cost in the 70s for being drunk. That's just some... <laughs> It's so funny because now if you get DUI, it's like $10,000. Damn. It really is. It's that much? Yeah, dude, for like fees, fines, all the costs to get out of it. It's like seriously $10,000 if you get a DUI. Holy right shit. Yeah, it's $105 in 1970s. Uh, once, and once she got out of that DUI and paid the $105 fine, she bought a luxury car the same day. She fucking spent... The $10,000 in two months. Wow. She bought a luxury car. <laughs> my mom did the same shit, That's what man. I'm saying, man. Fun is expensive, brother. Man, it is. Costs a lot of hey, money to have a good fucking time. My parents left her 10 Gs, man. She spent that in two months, brother. They left her 10,000? 10 Gs. Well, yeah, she spent it on pills, I'm guessing. I don't know what the fuck she spent it yeah, on. Yeah, you do. I don't. I didn't talk to her. I mean, I know, but I don't. Didn't you say your mom's like driving some old fifties car around? No, nah, man. I, I like <laughs> no, so, man. So there's this lady I work with. Yeah, uh, name's is Pat. She's cool as fuck, and uh, she she needed me to drive her home one day. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I'm I'll drive you home. <laughs> so we're going, and she goes, she goes, who the hell's that lady? She was crazy as fuck. And I look over, and it's my mom. And this, <laughs> and I go, that's my mom. She goes, nah. Yeah. I go, yeah. I was like, she probably stole that car. She said, your mom's wild as hell. Yeah, and yeah, I go, I was like, listen, you have no fucking clue. I was no like, she's idea. probably macking some old dude right now to drive that car. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, she probably bought it, dude. With so 10, she, got, she like a couple days later, she was like, hey, she she sends she sends me a a fucking uh, Facebook message like, hey, I saw your mom again. Oh she, my she god, she's looking real wild. What she did? <laughs> and I go, I was like, listen, Miss Pat, I'm sorry. You know, I was like, don't go talk to her. Man, Miss Pat's a hilarious. Fat, older, black comedian. Yeah, she ain't fat. But the rest fits. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Pat's cool, man. She's Have cool. you ever heard Miss Pat's comedy? Yeah, yeah, she's good. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, she's fucking funny, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so she saw my crazy-ass mom, but I think she was at some treatment center. Yeah. And they were letting her, I don't understand how anybody could let somebody drive. You sure your mom didn't spend part of that fucking tin on a luxury old car? No, she didn't, dude. Definitely didn't. She was at a treatment center, and what she was doing was, like, straight up drinking and going back. Because one day I was driving, and I, I pulled up next to her in her car, and she was fucking tanked, and she was singing yeah. Macy Gray loud as fuck. Oh, yeah, of course. And she didn't even notice I was there. I was like, I gotta get past her or get behind her, one of the two, because she's going to follow my ass. Try to say goodbye, and I choke. I try to walk away, and I stumble. Baby, yep. drive this treatment center's car, and I'm going to smoke on Buddy's cigar. 
Yeah, and Macy then, uh, Gray. Yeah, dude, she loves that shit. That just that one song, right? It's so weird because she's racist, but she loves Macy Gray. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's right. so funny how white trash and wild our lives are. Yeah, and how casually we talk dude, about. Dude, my it. mom, had, <laughs> my mom had a fucking black dog. Its name was the N word. Whoa, black dog named in word. Whoa, black dog named in word. Black to... dog got a name. It's the N word. Black dog got a name. It's the <laughs> oh, N word. Was she fucking like? She lived down the street from the governor's bitch in Little Rock, which is like where <laughs> all the fucking gang shit was going on. Where they filmed like uh, banging in the rock. Yeah, bang, they filmed banging in the rock. My mom was living in that time period with a dog named the N word. Oh would my god! Call it, man, and straight up people. Like, I heard this lady next to her neighbor go, why don't she just call that dog? And she's yeah. like, don't worry about it, because she's crazier than anybody in this neighborhood. Yo, she sure is. She fucking really is, man. She's crazier than everybody in any neighborhood. She would throw hands with the law. Man, anybody. She's down to run hands. She has run hands with the law. Listen, yeah, she'd be in the newspaper for knocking three cops out, dude. You're fucking right. Uh, so, <laughs> yo, Eileen just sized the head back to Florida from Michigan like Kid Rock again. Wrecks her luxury car. Sweet. Doesn't have it anymore. On May 20th, 1981, she robs a convenience store in Edgewater, Florida. She ends up profiting $35 and some cigarettes. Tight. And again, she's wearing a bikini. God damn. She gets arrested right after because she's drunkenly walking in that bikini. With arms full of cigarettes and a gun. Tight. She gets three years, but only serves a year. And I have no idea why, because (laughs) you can't assume it's for good behavior. While she's in prison, she put out an ad looking for a man in a biker magazine. (laughs) Can you imagine how Eileen Wuornos would have done on Twitter? Amazing. Yeah, because she would have been like, my likes are drugs, fighting, camping, shooting shit, driving drunk. Her dislikes would have been oral hygiene. Yeah. That's it. She got over 300 fucking replies in jail. Man, this is my mom. I'm telling you. (laughs) She met an engineer named Ed. She hitchhiked to live with him in Washington, D.C., Ed is 47 years old. She's in her late 20s. Hell yeah. <coughs> she used Ed's car to go see a boyfriend named Daniel that she had in Florida. Both of them figured out that she was hustling them <laughs> because as she was going back and forth almost every other week from Washington, D.C. to Florida... They each noticed that they were missing items, but every time she went to one of them, she would have shit to give them, which were just used items that clearly belonged to a man. Like, could you imagine your wife going somewhere for a couple weeks yeah, and then coming back with like a bunch of new Walmart Levi's or a bunch of used Walmart Levi's and then going away for a couple of weeks and coming back with like two obituary shirts? You would know something's up. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, you were in Florida at a Goodwill? Yeah. <laughs> they just, 
dropping off obituary shirts. Yeah, you just told everybody your name was Miami Tammy. I, yeah. fucking, I know. I know what you did. So they both fucking leave her ass. This is the exact time that she ends up switching teams, brother. This is why. This is the point when I was going to say that she is just like your fucking mom. Oh, yeah. Because she's now a lesbian. Mm -hmm. One thing that she says, again, in the book Dear Dawn, that made her go from having sex with men to having sex with women, Mm -hmm. is that this cop was trying to date her. Yeah. Right? This man cop. And she's like going on dates with him and she's like the cops like hey Eileen you want to see a video that's gonna really freak you out she's like well nothing freaks me out brother so lay it on me and he fires up that video and what Eileen describes is a scene where there's four cops and two women yeah now two of the cops are having sex with the two women yeah the other two cops men cops they're having sex with each other. Okay. That's not, that's not that scary. Yeah, that's fine. There's just two guys fucking. That's cool. Yeah. Cops are all gay. And then they flash away for a second. It comes back. Now, there's one woman having sex with one cop. Three men cops doing sex stuff to each other. Mm-hmm. And what Eileen describes as a woman getting bald. <laughs> By a dog. <laughs> a dog. Well, a dog. Fire up that old fucking... Uh... <laughs> Y'all go ahead and get that tape recorder going. <laughs> I'm going to call up Conquer Spaniel Daniel <laughs> <laughs> and Dog Breed Reed. We're going to see what, how deep they can go. <laughs> dog Breed Reed. <laughs> yeah, she sees a cop's wife fucking a dog. Tight. Meanwhile, cops are fucking each other. So I guess that turns her off completely from men. And it did dogs. She ends up dating a woman named Tony with an I. Yeah. Tony Braxton? No, man. Tony with an I. Boy, Tony Braxton was Who 60. else would you date as a new lesbian but Tony with an I? Tony Braxton. <laughs> she was so hot. Man, anybody me. would date Tony Braxton. So, she's yeah, a good man. That lady. old video, man, that one video where she just the dancing in space or whatever. Oh, yeah, she's like 50, but man. with like an eight pack? Yeah. Oh, my God. Woo, oh, Lordy. my God. Titty fuck those abs. We actually had a note right here that said, man, this is basically your mom. I mean, it is. Yeah, because she switched teams. <laughs> more than, I mean, more than once. Yeah. Yeah, so Tony and Eileen had a nice life for about a year. Like all strong lesbian couples, they started a power washing company together. (laughs) Started a power washing company together. After Eileen traded sex with a man for a power washer. She got power washed. In trade for a power washer. How does that shit happen? How does she trade sex for a power washer? Power wash Josh. (laughs) Yeah, power wash Josh is like, girl... I came in you so hard, you'll need a power washer to get it out. And Eileen's like, where can I get one? And he's like, that's funny, you should ask. They call me Power Wash Josh, and I got one for you. And she goes, I got lots of plaque on my liver like my grandma. <laughs> Could you clean me out? <laughs> so Tony and Eileen split up at the precise moment 
that Eileen went to go buy liquor. Fuck. I keep honking the horn in the Land Rover. My wife's going to come out <laughs> angry. No time, no time at all. Uh, Tony and Eileen split up when Tony skipped town with the power washing equipment when she went out to buy liquor. She just left. Eileen never saw her again. Eileen does not give up on women altogether and meets the Clyde to her Bonnie, Tyria Moore, a.k.a. Ty. And they meet at a Daytona Beach gay bar called the Zodiac. Damn. Yep. Now, they would end up being vagrants living together for fucking years. And I love love. I like a good love story. Eileen claimed to still love Ty up until the moment that she died, even though Ty, as you'll hear in episode two, fucking turns her back on Eileen as soon as she can. I'm cruising for a bruising. I'm looking for a wreck. Let me go to the gay bar called Zodiac. (laughs) (laughs) I got worries about this episode right now. Yeah. I'm sick. Yeah. And I'm drunk. Okay. Is it bad? No, it's good. We'll figure it out. You let us know. <coughs> At the same time that she meets Ty, Eileen's really riding the old ramp up ramp hard as fuck. March 1st, 1984, fucking nine months before I'm born, Eileen gets arrested trying to pass off Forged f- checks at a bank in Key West, Florida, which is a cool place to party at. Yeah. That's where you feel the cocaine pain. Oh, man, you get your fucking septum rectum. Yeah. November 30th of 1985, Eileen is named a suspect in the theft of a revolver <laughs> and ammunition in Pasco County, Florida, which is one of the best spots on Live PD every week. January 4th, 1984, man, 1986, she's arrested in Miami for car theft, resisting arrest, obstructing justice, and providing an ID card that was her aunt's name, but her picture. And she's crazy as fuck looking. So there's no way you can mistake her aunt's name with those eyes and those teeth. You know what I'm saying? She yep. had a 38 caliber revolver and ammunition in the car, which she claimed to police she didn't know was there when she stole the car. So she got away with it somehow. Okay. That's makes, bonkers. Makes sense to me. All right. <laughs> June 2nd of 1986, Eileen makes her first attempt that we know of of getting into the Robin biz, which is what she calls everything she does from here out. When she describes taking money in both of the documentaries, yeah, she calls it the Robin biz. Yeah, yeah. I like it. She's a fucking entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, it's just Robin Hood. She's a manure-paneur. She robs from the rich. She sucks the rich's dick. And she gives to herself, who is, of course, the poor. And also Ty, you know what I mean? so she holds a man at gunpoint in his car after he probably tried to solicit her for sex which is how i should say eileen's been making her living basically her entire life (laughs) was telling you she was cigarette pig when she was 11 (laughs) she never stopped 
getting money for sex. Yeah. It's been a constant the entire time. Usually, Eileen would pretend to be a hitchhiker until an older man offered her a ride. Then she would get in the car. She would tell them a story about her starving family. We know she didn't have kids. She only had the one kid that she gave up for adoption. Yeah. She would show them a picture of her fake kids, and she would ask the man to help her make some money. Which is a weird question. Like, hey, could you help me make some money? Oh, yeah, sure. My friend owns a blockbuster video. I could probably help you get a stocking job over there. You go up there. You show you a couple of different. Uh, <laughs> well, they got five copies of uh, Giver 2. Which, if you don't know what Giver 2 is, man, what the hell's wrong with you? Remember the Giver? Oh, yeah. The hell's old fucking you think it should be called the Giver, but it's called the Giver? That's a, that shit right there ruined my life. Are you sure it's not called the Giver? No, the Giver, dude. Where you ever seen that shit where it's like an alien technology dude? Mark Hamill's trying to investigate missing people. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's an <laughs> alien technology, <laughs> and this fucking guy that does karate finds it, <laughs> and he accidentally gets uh, face planted into it, and it turns him into the Giver, yeah. where he's got these sick fucking blade hands. Oh, yeah. And he's got to fight these fucking aliens. You're right. It's life changing. Forever. It's got to be on YouTube. Oh, definitely. It's good. Watch the Giver 2. Giver and Giver 2. But this, God damn it, I keep honking the horn. <laughs> Honk to you, Bob. <laughs> I'm going to be in the doghouse. Yeah, man, your wife's going to be mad. But this time on June 2nd, she decided to stick the guy up for $200. She ended up getting detained by police because she called the, the guy called the cops. Now, this is where you got to start to think about her being a sociopath. If you were a man and you picked up what you thought was a prostitute, would you call the police if they tried to rob you? Chris's wife just turned the lights on. Yeah, because I keep hawking the horn like a fucking talk idiot. Talk with your hands. I talk with my hands <laughs> and I honk at the man. Uh, yeah, so she was detained because a guy called police and explained, oh my God, the guy called police and explained to the police that she held him up with a gun. She says to the police that she pulled a gun out in self-defense <laughs> Because the man tried to rape her, which seems very probable to me. The only way you shake it, when she was picked up, she was in a car as a passenger, and they found a twenty-two caliber pistol under her seat. She got away with it because she said the man tried to rape her. And again, I believe her. How old was he? I don't know. There's not any details about this guy. Okay. Because it was like a police report. He's got to be <laughs> significantly younger and in shape, at least, or fat. Why? <laughs> Only because a super old guy, they wouldn't believe. I mean, because this is a time period where cops are real fucking stupid and stereotypes are a thing where they're like, we believe every stereotype. Guy, cops are still really fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, but they're stereotype. real goddamn dumb back then. Time and time again, we always sin. Even if it's with the 69-year-old men. 60, well, maybe 69, because that is also when your dick starts working again. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's some really horny old dudes. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My uh, father-in-law 
who has think about what you're saying. I don't give a fuck. I'm not saying think about who you're saying to. I'm not saying his name. Let's say this. He's 63 or 64. My mother-in-law is 43. Yeah. He also has a daughter that's 43. So when we have family functions, that's real fucking cool. <laughs> I love every minute of it, man. Loving every minute but, of but it. He oh, straight yeah. up one night, man, like we were having dinner and uh, shit, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to buy everybody a drink. I was like, all right. He's like, I might be getting me a piece of pussy tonight. <laughs> and I was like, all right, why don't you just get the whole thing? And he goes, well. <laughs> so, well. He goes, well, it's the big show. He goes, he goes, yeah. He told me some, man, look, this joke is so stupid. He said, it's a piece. He said, because I called my penis a cock. And he said, she told me. That she had slept <laughs> with a black man. <laughs> what? And a cock is different than a penis. He said what he had was a penis. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is this a reality? This is a reality. He's wild as fuck. I can't deal with this shit, man. <laughs> he's cool as hell, but he's fucking Are you wild sure? Shit. Yeah, I don't know, This sounds cool to me. <laughs> he's fucking cool, dude. He's fucking so stupid, man. I love it. All right, man. He asked the lady one time when she came out of Walgreens and she was like, you buy some tampons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. He's just a, a fucking habitual line stepper, man. <laughs> habitual. Yeah, okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right. So July 4th, 1987, Eileen and Ty were detained by police. After they were accused of assaulting a man with a beer bottle. Mm-hmm. March 12, 1988, Wernos calls the goddamn cops herself. Pick a fucking side, ma'am. You can't be in trouble with the law and calling the law. And she claimed a Daytona Beach bus driver kicked her off the bus, physically pushed her off the steps onto the ground after a confrontation. Ty ended up being a witness to that. That was the last thing that happened until her murder spree, uh, which, again, you know, the ramp up from being essentially a prostitute to demanding cash with her gun. Episode two is where we'll try to find the truth. Was she doing it in self-defense or... Was she trying to be a legitimate prostitute and tried to be raped several times? Both are very likely circumstances. We're going to look into her murder spree on episode two and get to the bottom of it, motherfucker. Woo-woo. We got to talk about her song, don't we? Yeah, what song did you pick for this episode? Man, uh, it's crazy. You Emma. didn't pick one? No, no, I did. There, there was a, uh, I'm going to, her first name is Emma. Okay. She's actually part of their group. All right. But uh, I picked the song way beforehand, and she said, you should do this song, but I, I already picked it, and I thought it was kind of cool, but it's uh, uh, Dragged in the Sunlight. Oh, hell yeah. I've been, Dude, I've been listening to them. That's extra weird. They're a great band. Oh, fuck yeah. So good. Um, hard. I think it's called, uh, well, I don't have my phone. I left it, but it's uh, Dragged in the Sunlight. <laughs> um, Man, you're doing in, a great job. You only have one thing to do, by the way. No, I have a lot to do. 
I shit my pants. And you I mean, took down my post. Yeah, because it's stupid as hell. It's a shit pants. Everybody likes that. <laughs> no, they don't, dude. But I think it's called uh, in in uh, in Aaron instead of hair instead of heroin. It's like air, I guess. I don't know. It's a fucking weird way to pronounce some shit. I could be wrong. But anyways, Dragon Sun, like, great fucking band from oh the UK. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah, it's like doomy black metal. Yeah, we've never heard it. Woo-wee, is it hard. Yeah, it's fucking good, man. Guitar yeah. tone. The snare on the drums is fucking great sounding. It's good. That's a great fucking band. So good, dude. So Beyond good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... Good choice, Hoist. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hopefully next week we won't be so fucking sick and fucked off. I got a fucking show tomorrow in Bentonville that I got to drive too drunk and come back. Jesus, Lord Christ Almighty. If he exists, just lit your wrist to the fart that you just lit. Yeah, yo, we'll see you guys. We love you. Shout out to all our patrons. Shout out to everybody that's giving us a positive iTunes review. Hail Satan, fuck a fucking ass, you know what I mean? Consensually. Yeah. We'll see y'all the next week. <laughs>